0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: The Florida Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beef Brady's here in Tampa, located at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Home Slice Pizza Company and Hank's Barbecue. Enjoy the podcast. A look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powell. Welcome into the Florida Football Insiders podcast presented by Beefo Brady's here in Tampa. Beefo Brady's on the corner, uh, location in the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Appreciate you finding us this week. We have gotten uh, our championship week champions have been crowned in all of our major Power Five conferences. We know what the playoff brackets look like now. We've got Georgia. And Ohio State in one semifinal. And we've got TCU and Michigan in the other semifinal. Um, so we're going to have a good episode for you today. Before we get to uh, Coach Leavitt, we're going to talk to Coach Levitt one more time. And we're also going to talk to Vince Ferrara from 99.1, Sport- the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee. Concerning the USF hiring of, of head coach Alex Galesh. The Tennessee offensive coordinator under Josh Heupel takes over the USF program. Um, so we're going to have a good in-depth talk about Coach Galesh and his philosophies and all that kind of good stuff as he comes to Tampa to take over the struggling USF program. Other news around the state, yet FAU hired Tom Herman, the former Texas coach, to be their new head coach. They, they let go Willie Taggart at the end of the year. There is some speculation that Willie Taggart might be involved with Deion Sanders' staff out at Colorado since uh, as, he, as he was has taken that job out in Boulder. So we'll stay tuned on that. Um, you know, there's some transfer portal news that there's transfer portal has opened up this week. And uh, lots of players from the state of Florida are involved in that. I know a lot of USF guys are involved in, the, in or have entered the transfer portal. Numerous guys out of Florida have entered the uh, transfer portal. You will probably see a couple guys from Florida State trickle into the portal here as, as, it, as it gets going. So plenty and plenty of transfer portal news to come here in the coming days and weeks as, as kids enter the portal and then commit to new places. So we will have some updates for you as we move along. We will have one more episode of the Florida Football Insiders podcast. We are, Remember, we're part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. We'll have one more episode leading into, this, into the uh, uh, college football playoff semifinals. So between the week of Christmas and New Year's, we will release another episode um, previewing the, the semifinal games and a couple bowl games and such, and I'm sure there will be some other coaching news and such. We'll have Coach Levin on one more time during that during that uh, podcast as well, and we'll have some good guests for you as well previewing the uh, semifinal matchup, so. We're going to take a couple of weeks off after this episode concludes uh, for for the Christmas holidays. But, again, we will have another episode coming out between Christmas and New Year's because, remember, the college football playoffs are on New Year's Eve on the 31st. So there will be plenty of bowl games throughout. I know Florida and Florida State will play – Florida plays in mid-December, I believe. And I'll have to double-check when Florida State plays – uh, their bowl game, it's probably closer to New Year's Day um, than it is the middle of December. But I just want to give a shout out to Steve Carney again one more time. He's kind of been our quarterback here of the uh, the podcast network that we're part of. Thanks for all the hard work with Steve, putting together the podcast and getting them posted every week. So thank you, Steve. Again, shout out to Coach Levitt for being such a uh, tremendous guest for us and for you, the audience, throughout these 14 weeks. Hopefully you've gathered some inside knowledge and some more details of what it's like to be a head coach, what it, what coaches are thinking in certain situations, how coaches handle all the different things that go into being a head football coach uh, throughout the year. So, you're going to get one more great episode with Coach Lev. We're going to have a good we, have, we had a great chat and then you're going to hear from Vince Ferrara 99.1 in Knoxville about Alex Galesh new head coach. Of the USF Bulls. So we'll be back in just a minute or two with Coach Jim Levitt. College football fans, we know that the season is winding down. Bowl games are in the near future, as well as the college football playoff. And we know you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. Ticket Smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner with the best selection of college football tickets. TicketSmarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of College Football Live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with TicketSmarter's mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. In addition, we've got an additional offer for you for those of you that are listening as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just for a one-time use. You can use it as many times as you'd like during the college football season to see the biggest games left to be played. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Hey, guys and girls, with the college football season getting to the holidays here in November and December, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on, like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have in our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and here in the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as well as the Powers on Sports Podcast. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you'll get an additional $125 to play with. $200, you'll get $250 to play with and so on and so forth. BetUS also has all the NFL, World Cup, NHL, NBA, and even college basketball that's about to tip off here in the holiday season, as well as almost any other sport you can think of. But we all know you are college football fans at heart as well as NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at betus.com and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST 22 bet us you bet you win and you get paid all right welcome back coaching the kicker segment coach jim levitt we have wrapped up championship week we finally know who's in the playoff it's georgia one michigan two tcu three even after losing a heartbreaker in overtime and number four ohio state slips in the back door thanks to usc going down on friday night in las vegas coach welcome back well, it's good to be back boys it's uh is this our last uh last one well we're gonna do one more before the playoff we Me mean you i'm to right. give you a couple weeks off and we're gonna do one more before the playoff all right but yes you've been awesome this year i've been mean, it's been a real pleasure getting you on and I, again you you've provided such great insight on all the different aspects of Coaching in the college football world. All right, let's get I, right. I got all the Colorado
0: stuff on to honor Dion.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say you're not going to Dion. Are you? You're not going out to
0: Boulder now with Dion, are you? Oh uh, no, I I I did my. You know, we won ten games there the other one year I was there. Yeah. I was there two years. The one first year we only won four, then we won ten, and that's when I won the season they've had in about twenty years, I think
2: he swears they're gonna win out there he'll he'll bring some juice out there though with some he'll get some kids and he'll bring some juice out to boulder yeah it'll be fun see what happens all right let's get to the playoffs what any any just overbearing thoughts on obviously the dramatic game in dallas with tcu and kansas state you talked about we talked kansas state was a live team last week you really liked what you saw out of kansas state tcu good comeback they the, they get stopped on the goal line in overtime on the one-yard line, and then key, TCU goes down and kicks the game-winning field goal. And Then, obviously, USC and Utah Friday night. Uh, you know, Utah, just the we, – again, we talked about Utah, the gritty guttiness, the toughness of Utah just overwhelmed uh, USC.
0: You know, Utah's interesting program
2: because, in some ways, I'm
0: not so sure they're not one of the top programs in the country. It's – you know, I mean, they beat uh, – the USC twice right I mean that's pretty good yeah and and uh they lost a game in Florida where I thought Utah was a better team yeah the only other loss that was Oregon I believe and you know Oregon had a good team as well so Utah's Utah had a very good team this year and uh you know it's um you know Ohio State I think a lot of people kind of enjoy seeing them in it because they were they you know, they um. They just dominate everybody all year long till the end. And they lost to Michigan. Michigan did a great job that one game. And it's going to be interesting now. Ohio State's back in there. And well, those Ohio State people are excited. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was was with Sonny Dykes at SMU, you know, so TCU, what a great job uh, he and his staff have done there this year to get playoffs. And, you know, they're so explosive uh, offensively, and they've played um, good enough defense to right. get them there and then Georgia is just man they they seem like the team certainly to beat. uh and then Michigan, you know, so I don't know it's gonna be um it's gonna be
2: fun to watch and we'll talk like I said we'll we'll have one more uh, uh coaching the kicker segment here t- in a couple of weeks previewing the the championship games we'll really get into the coach and I'll really get into the X's and O's of each of these matchups uh for the for the playoff games here in a couple of weeks talk about um you know, a Lot of people, were, you know, questioning should Ohio State get in, should Alabama get in. Now, obviously I heard Nick Saban over the weekend. We lose two games by four points on the last play of the game as opposed to Ohio State getting blown out at home. Any thoughts of Alabama getting in over Ohio State? Or are you okay with that? No, you know, it's it's um I, I think Saban's got a – you know he's gonna do it. He's
0: you know, he, he's head coach that program. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not so sure Alabama's not one of the it shouldn't be in there, but you know. You just, you can't, you, you can't do it the precedent with two losses, you know, and Tennessee was one of them. And, you know, it's just going to be hard. It would be hard to take Alabama. Really? And, and, you know, I could see people arguing and debating it. Yeah. I'm not so sure that they're not right. Right. Uh, and that's why people want to expand it from four to, you know, to six or 12 or whatever, you know. Well, uh, are, you exci-
2: to- are you excited that it got expanded to 12? Basically, they came to an agreement last week, right. with yeah, the definitely. Rose Bowl, to go to 12. Are you excited? Is you like twelve as a number? Oh, I don't know. You know, I haven't thought a lot about it. Uh, you know,
0: it's just uh, you know more money, more TV. You know, more teams getting in uh, probably helps. You know, I am such an old school guy. I kind of liked it when they, all the bowl games meant a lot, yeah. And they didn't just name it, uh, you know, team that was the best team in the country, and that seemed to work forever until they changed it, and uh, so. I know people would probably criticize me because they, you know, you, you know, because all the Division Two and Division Three had you know playoffs, right. right? So they're probably going more towards that format. Uh, so you know, uh, it's one so, thing. It's
2: okay. I, yeah, one one thing I'm not I'm surprised I've not heard anybody talk about that a playoff team could potentially have to play four more games, seventeen games you could potentially have to play in a in a college football if you were the 12th seed and you, let's say you went to a championship game and lost, that's, that's 13 games right there, four more games in the playoffs. Are these kids going to – do you think these kids ought to get a little bit of, of a stipend each playoff round they go to financially with as much money that's going into these games from the TV networks? I haven't heard anybody talk about, do you pay these kids a couple thousand bucks per game for every team that makes it? What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, college football has changed so much, and
0: I'm not so sure for the better. You know, right. person, it's just it's just different, and there's so many variables out there and things to talk about. It's it's difficult. You know, the TV, yeah, they're making all this money, and I certainly see the argument for pay players. I really do. And um, but, you know, we we've we've missed the boat somewhere. You know, the NIL, the transfer portal. I don't like it at all. Right. I think it's much, and I don't think it's a good thing for college football. I think it's a very bad thing. And, uh um, you know I think it's sad to be honest with you with the direction that college football is going uh, you know it's you know it's supposed to be an amateur athlete the education meant so much I remember when I got a scholarship to the University of Missouri and I thought that was the greatest thing in, in the world but times change TV market's different everything's different but it's I think it's gotten to be out of control and I don't uh, I don't yeah. like it you know, personally, now, you know, how many games in division two and division three? Uh, you know, it used to be a one double A's. Right. Uh, games they play uh, to, uh, you know, they do they have to play that many games? You know, people are going to make the argument. Well, they can. I don't know why anybody can't, but it seems too much. Yes. You know, you know, when I was in the NFL, we went to the NFC championship game. Uh, three times, playing Super Bowl once, you know it was twenty three or twenty four games. That's a lot of football, bros. But they don't have it. They don't have school. It's different. And it's a long season for them. Of course, right. your top don't play those four games, those preseason games much. But it was it was a it was a lot of football.
2: It is. That's a lot of ball. That's a lot of a lot of ball for sure. All right, let's let's um. You know, let's transition to some of the coaching hires over the weekend. Several jobs got filled. We had some breaking news Monday morning. And we'll talk about it here in just a second. FAU fills their job. Willie Taggart let go. Tom Herman, the former Texas coach, brought in. USF, uh, let obviously, Jeff Scott was let go several weeks ago. Alex Galesh, who's the off, co-offensive coordinator at Tennessee with Josh Heupel, is, is brought in to be the new USF coach. Colorado hires Deion Sanders. Liberty hires Jamie Chadwell, who went from Coastal Carolina to Liberty, to Liberty to fill the job where Hugh Freeze left. And then breaking news on Monday morning, the Louisville coach, somebody I know you know, Scott Satterfield, leaves Louisville to go to right up the road to Cincinnati, which is kind of a, um, you know, in that part of the world, that that'll get a lot of attention. So any of those names strike you as somebody that you really think is going to do a really good job where they're going? Well, I like Satterfield. I think you know
0: I, I know him, and uh, uh, it was interesting. Louisville, when I was at SMU as the interim head coach before we we were supposed to play Virginia in the um, in the bowl game there in uh you know in the uh, I guess Yankee Stadium up there, we uh, they came and practiced on our fields, and and I but I've known him, and I I I've always watched him. You know, when I was at Florida State, we ended up beating him in a really good game. I I like him. I think he's a very good coach. You know, you got to wonder um, the motivation, why he's <laughs> right. doing what he's doing, uh, whether it was kind of just time to leave Louisville and a lot like, of pressure. And I don't know, but I, I think he's a really good coach. Uh, the new guy at, at South Florida, I don't really know him. Uh, Tennessee certainly had a really good year. Uh, so, you know, you just don't know. You know, you, you really don't know till you know, after they play <laughs> and, you know, and you know it's it's certainly not about the press conference, even though everybody wants it to be. Sure. Uh, it's it's a body of work, and uh, we won't know how good these moves are till you know years later. I mean, when Jeff Scott took the job at uh, South Florida, I'm sure people were pretty excited. Yeah, coming from Clemson, co offense coordinator uh, from Florida, right? Uh, great guy. Um, dad was was a you know had a lot of yep. coach you know, the program was down and, you know, struggled is so, you know, in time he may, may be a great hire. You, you just don't know. It may not be. And there's so many other things that are involved. Um, You know, so the Liberty, I don't know. Uh, he's done a great job with coastal Carolina. I don't really know him. Yeah. Oh, so he's done. They've done great there. So, uh, you know, Liberty is, it's interesting. Liberty's got some
2: pop they pump some you know, the money into that program, man. They're paying their coach, and they are pumping some money into their resources. I guess $4 million a year they're talking about paying them. That's a lot
0: of money. Uh, um, so it's, it's – um, you, know, you just don't know. You know, Hugh Freeze going to Auburn, I think that's – I think Hugh Freeze is a heck of a coach. I think he does a great job. You know, people are going to get involved in all the different – Off-field things, but, you know, Hugh Freeze and I met, you know, about the uh, Ole Miss defense coordinator job. And, you know, uh, Hugh Freeze, um, you know, I was set to go there. And then I interviewed for the head job at Kansas State. And that kind of – and then I ended up going to to Oregon. So it was crazy. They obviously hired a really good guy at Kansas
2: State. (laughs) (laughs) What's the first uh, order of business when you take a new job (laughs) like this, head coaching job? I don't care if it's in a big school, little school, whatever. What is the first couple of days? I mean, obviously, you probably are making calls about a staff and all that stuff. What is the first? I mean, when you get there, you don't have a place to live. I mean, do you find? What are you trying to find a place to live? What's the first day or two like at a new job of actually doing work? And what are you doing? Well, if I'm going to job, I'm going to find.
0: If my quarterback's good, I'm going to go find him (laughs) right away. Right, and I think you got to get with your players immediately, like right away. And you got to start having meetings with your players. You're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to multitask. You're going to have a lot of things going on at the same time. You got to hire staff, right? You got to get recruiting. You got the uh, transfer portal involved. You've got, uh, you've got a million things going on at one time. And you got to be able to handle all of it at the same time, you know, it's not, but you better see your players and you better get one-on-one with your players. You know, you can have that team meeting, and then you better start setting up a schedule with uh, with uh, you know your assistant. Uh, you better start putting a schedule there to meet with your
2: players one on one. So, and- so when you're hiring a staff, obviously on the day you hire, you get to. I mean, there's some of these jobs. He may not. I mean, a guy like Alex Galesh, man, i not have known he was getting the job till Saturday night. Who knows? You, right. already, have, you already have that list together of guys you're going to call before Saturday. This these A couple guys at every position. How do you, as far as putting together staff, that can't be a one phone call and it's done. It probably takes some time to put put together a 10 or 15 person staff, right? Yeah, it it will. It will. It's not going to be easy, you know, because
0: the most important thing, you better get a great strength coach. That's that's number one. Right. You're good in that area. And then your coordinators, you know, you got to get those because a lot of times coordinators are going to want to bring their own people with them anymore way it is now so you'll lean on your coordinators quite a bit but you gotta get strength because the, the players have off final exams they'll go home but they'll come back and the and, the, and start hitting the weight room you know so you want to get you want to get that that position you want to make sure that position's really good
2: uh you know just you, it just takes time you're just going to do it and, and and you don't have time you when know comes, so when it comes to recruiting lists and stuff like that does the does the place you're going to Do they provide you that information or is that something you got to bring with you? I mean, if you're going from like Deion Sanders from Mississippi to Colorado, you're not going to necessarily know all the kids out West. Where do you get that information from? If you're a guy like Deion Sanders. Well, you're going to lean on the recruiting coordinator that was there. Okay. Okay. A little
0: bit, but if they're gone, you've already been recruiting at Jackson state. You're certainly going to recruit different guys. Right. Out to people, you know, you know, I mean, you, you know, he, Dion probably has his staff all set maybe, you know, and and those guys will just start working it. They got to get into LA. They know they're in the Pac-12. They've got right. to get out there and they got to go to Texas because they've been going to Texas quite a bit because it's about an eight hour drive from Dallas to uh, to Boulder. Okay. So, you know, they'll probably work that angle, but Dion's going to work national. He'll work off the transfer portal, but then you got to evaluate your team. You got to evaluate for what your scheme are offensively, defensively, and you've got to look at the players you have. And that's it. That takes watch. time though. Right. That just takes yeah.
2: time of watching
0: film. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to do it. You're not going to sleep. You're just not, <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're going you're to get three, four hours of sleep a night. That's it. But you're so excited about the job that sure. you don't need many more than four hours a night. And you're just going to crank it out. You know, it, you know, in the nighttime, after 10, 11 at night, you can do a lot of work till 2 or 3 in the morning, you know, do a lot of that film work and sure. evaluate, you know, and go we'll talk to the, the coaches that are there. You know, they all want to stay on. They yeah. want a job. so They're going to give you as much information as they can. But it's, it's uh, you know, you're so excited about the job. You know, you're excited about being hired. So you're just going on adrenaline. And you just you just do the best you can. Right. You know, but you gotta see your players. Gotta hold off players from going to transport At least two or three or four that you really want to keep and do the best
2: job you can there, you know? So when you when you're going to hire a staff, does the athletics director, does he tell you, hey coach, you got X number of dollars in total to hire your assistant? Or does he does he give you a specific number for each coach? How does how does kind of negotiate because you, you know, obviously these guys all want to make as much money as they can as assistants. But do you tell the assistant, "Hey, coach, I got I got X number of dollars to pay you as the running backs coach. I got, I could pay you." Is that is that determined by the athletics director, or do you have any wiggle room in that as the head coach? Uh, the, the, the athletic director is going to tell you this is done before you're hired.
0: Okay, he, he, what your uh, salary pool is, and okay. <clears throat> if you're, you don't he won't care how you're going to divvy it up. Okay, or should he? you know, but he's going to say, Hey, here's, here's the pool of money that you have uh, work with it. You know, I mean, that was when I interviewed for a number of different jobs, Alabama or, uh you know, Kansas state or Texas tech or right. Colorado, any, uh, Colorado state I, th- those that was told me what the pool of money was going to be. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, the, so that was, that was all there, you know, so you knew going in what you were going to have. And then, you know, you're right. If you, if you, if you're you need a little bit more, maybe a hundred thousand more here or there, you feel like this uh, this guy is that good, you go to your AD and work it out. Find a way.
2: How fast will this how fast are these new places will the staff all be in? Whatever city they're in. Are they all there? If the guy gets hired, you know, if the coach gets hired Saturday, are they are they there by the end of this week? Everybody's gonna be in, in, in that new city. How does that work? Well,
0: if he's hired Saturday, he might be there Saturday night.
2: he will go fast. Uh,
0: You know, he's like most of these guys get these head jobs. They've already got relationships. They already know who they probably want to hire. Okay. And, and, you know, for about four or five, six positions there, there's, they're already set. And uh, sometimes you will, there are sometimes you'll want an assistant coach and that coordinator may not want that assistant coach, but you're going to hire him because that's who you want. And, um, for recruiting or for whatever purposes you want. And, uh, uh, the, you're you're moving fast really fast you know i mean i'm it, it's it's and you know what's going to happen also some of these head coaches are going to hire somebody and they're going to and they're going to be there and then they're going to go to another job in like three weeks <laughs> a better opportunity yeah. like the guy that just got hired south florida he may hire staff and they might end up at uh cincinnati right they may end up at uh colorado in in a
2: number of weeks it, that's and that's not unrealistic that was happened some those happened a number of times Now we don't ever hear about we we hear about all the head coach and no. stuff on the in the media we don't hear about these about the running back coach or the special teams coordinator or somebody like that jumping ship and all that kind of good stuff and that's just part of that business as you well know um sure. uh, yeah um all right i want to hit, hit you a couple things uh before we let you go army navy this week what, what, a, what a what a rivalry, what a game, just for the country and for those kids. Just talk about the spectacle that is an Army-Navy game. Well,
0: I'd really like to go to this this game sometime in my life. I, I really would. Um, I can't imagine a, a more fun game to go to. And uh, this year, boy, I don't know where the, the line is on this game. Right. Because Army has had struggled. But then they've won some other big games. Navy struggled early, but then look at some of the teams they beat. Right. Uh, This game, I think, is going to go down the wire. And I don't, I would, it's a flip of the coin who's going to win this one. I really,
2: those pageantry rivalry games, it doesn't matter what the records are. You know, most years the game is very competitive. I mean, most years it's a one score game going to the fourth quarter kind of game. And, just the pageantry of the game, all the tradition and all the kids that are in the stadium, all the military uh, paraphernalia. Obviously, we all know people that have got military background. Just I, I'm with you. I think that's a bucket list. I'd like to take my dad to that game one of these years. And, uh, you know, whether it's Philadelphia, or I know they rotate the location where they play, but it's typically in the Northeast. But just what a pageantry game. Have you ever been in a military kind of game like that? Well, no, I mean, we, we played Army
0: and Navy. You know, I've done that a few times. So, you know, I've I've faced did you those play Air days.
2: Force at Colorado when you were at Colorado. Did you guys play Air Force? No,
0: we never. I've never lined up against Air Force. Okay, they're all that offense. You know, when I was at uh, SMU, when I was the interim head coach, uh, the the decision was between Virginia and Air Force, <laughs> uh-huh. two of the most prolific offenses in the country last year. <laughs> I didn't know who I'd rather go up against. There was there were neither. They're both both a challenge, so uh, but never never lined up against the Air Force. I really like their head coach. I think he's a really good guy. I've known him for a long time, and done a great job
2: there. All right, Heisman Trophy. They're going to announce that in a couple of weeks. Here, probably a couple names. You got the kid from USC, Caleb Williams. You got the kid from uh, you got the kid from uh, TCU, Duggan. You got CJ Stroud potentially from Ohio State. Who, who do you like in the Heisman Trophy? I don't know. I haven't followed it like
0: that, you know, with specific players, you know, who's done the best for their team. You got to look at quarterback. I know Duggins. I mean, look at TCU. I mean, Duggins wasn't even really the starter at the beginning of the year. They had yep. and kind of going back and forth and then Duggins got in there. I, I don't know if the other guy got hurt or what happened, but Duggins got in there and then just took over the, the quarterback at USC is, he is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he's a great player. And uh, but they all are, you know. Uh who has done the most impacted the team the most. Well, probably, look the US, at, probably USC guy, because they got no defense out there. Yeah, but look at TCU. Yeah, you know I mean it's true. I don't know. I don't know. Because you know, nobody expected TCU being a final four.
2: That's right. It, it, they're there, not
0: USC.
2: So <laughs> that's right. Then you had the kid from Michigan who hurt his knee or he would have been there. Quorum, the running back who had an unbelievable year for Michigan. Yeah, it's you
0: know, I don't know, boy. I don't know. I don't I don't know this year who it's gonna be. It's
2: All a good right. question. All right. T- well, last thing I'll get you out of here. Talk about the momentum of a big win in like a team like Kansas State. What is this momentum of a huge Big 12 championship in a, in a you know year that you weren't supposed to win it? A lot of people had other people winning it. How does that momentum go? give you such a bounce into the offseason, both just from your own program and recruiting? How, talk about how, how that, being on the national spotlight of beating a team like TCU for a conference title, is such a boom to your program. Well, you, you know, I don't even think, how do
0: I put this in the right way? You know, one of your goals is to win the conference. is momentum for the future or helps you recruiting or makes everybody have whatever. I mean, the moment in itself is, is what you, what you, you know, what you, you're coaching and you're working your winter conditioning and your spring ball and summer workouts. And for years and years and years for that one moment, you know, and you take that in as long as you can, you know, because the next day is recruiting. It's it's the <laughs> It's starting all over again, you know, uh, and it's just that moment. It's just like when we, you know, it's not the same. I know when you win a conference championship like that that's a big deal, and the way they want it, yeah. Yes, it's going to be great for him. But my point is this, like we beat West Virginia that one Friday night. Yeah, I'll never forget walking back out in the field with the police officers, the guys that were always hanging out with me. <laughs> and I told him, I said, you know, I always like walking out in this field right now after everything's,
2: you know, everybody's picking Riding up. down,
0: yeah, a little calm. Just for the moment, I said, just to pause right now to take this in. Because when we leave this field right now, and I'm talking to the, those those guys, I said, then it's on to the next game. On to the next recruit. On to the next whatever. And for Kansas State, when you win a conference championship, it's different because it's, you know, the you know the, what you're trying to get done. It's the uh, epitome of everything, you know. It's, you know, so sure it's going to help. It's, it's, it's going to help everybody because that's such a huge goal for you.
2: And you know, on the, and, and on the flip side, what about the fuel of a huge loss on a team like USC that knows they would have been in the playoff? You're, you're no longer in the playoffs because you lose the conference title game. From the players' perspective and the coaching perspective, obviously the coaches are always going to – that's going to be a new thing. Oh, we got to get better on defense and all that. I get it. But just the emotional – like you said, the emotional letdown of, damn, we were one – you know, we're one half of away or one bad quarter away from being in the college football playoff to win a national title. Yeah, it's, it's hard.
0: It's, it's, you, you, it's hard. You, you never get over those games when you lose. And that was probably the thing I told the team, Um, you know, when I was, um when I was, when I was at South Florida or other places, I used to tell players this all the time. I said, what's going to get me out of coaching is losses. I cannot know. I don't know how to deal with them. <laughs> I have a hard time with losses. And because it just, cause I always felt like it was my fault. Right. I never felt like it was the offense coordinator or defense coordinator or any assistant coaches. I never felt like it was the players. I always felt like it was me. And to take that on yourself is is hard. And you know, fortunately we didn't we won a lot more games than we lost. And that's been throughout my career, but losses are, are so devastating and so difficult. Uh it's really, really it's a real it was a real challenge for me to get over losses just really really hard so um you know they'll bounce back you know every day that happens is you know you 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 breathe a little bit better and uh, they don't have time you know they got a bowl game uh against a really good team you know you embrace that you've had a great season you lost to one team twice yeah but you had a great season and you know you try to you try to. Talk about the positives in every way you can, you know, you certainly don't want to show your uh, sadness or right. depression to people, you know, um, you, you had a great season, a great year, you know, and
2: you know, uh, on to
0: recruiting, be positive.
2: You now know? for the, the four teams that are still playing, are you going to give them this week off pretty much? Let them recruit, yeah. and recover, recover, let them get their. Obviously, most of those kids got final exams coming in the next probably week, week and a half to get out of school. Are you gonna let? Are you gonna let that this next nine or ten days really let light on the football and let them take care of their academics and all in recovery? Yeah, absolutely. I I tell them to get away from football.
0: You know, do everything but football. Yeah. You know, uh, go see your families, get your final exams done. You know, see your families, get some take some time off. I, I wouldn't even want them in the weight room, be honest right, with you. Right. Right want to but i I'd, I'd let your strength coaches get away too you know right now of course you got recruiting so you know you're going to keep them around but um absolutely because it's 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 the timing on building for these 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 games are are big and you're preparing to win it all so you're not talking about one game
2: but two so right yeah you know, uh, absolutely well, Coach, great job! I know you're you're heading you're heading to Monday Night Football on Monday night to see right, the Bucks right. and the Saints. Yeah, I'll be there. Yep, yep. So it should be a good atmosphere in Raymond James Stadium. Appreciate the time. We will, have, like I said, uh, fans. We will have Coach back the week of the champion the of the semifinal games, which I believe is right before New Year's. So we'll have one more uh, episode coaching the kickers part of the uh, Florida Football Insiders podcast. Uh, that week of, we'll do a little break. We'll do a little X's and O's breakdown of each game, maybe a couple of the big bowl games and all that such. But, but, coach, great work. I'm, gonna, I'm giving you a couple weeks off now. You can go recover. You can go. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> can go re- no, no recruiting now. No recruiting. I don't want you on the recruiting trail. <laughs> um, I was at. I was Friday night. I'll tell you this. I was refereeing Friday night at the state semifinal in Venice. It was Venice High School, which I know you know against right. Gainesville Buckholtz, and oh, there sure. were some. There were a lot of coaches on the sidelines. I saw Ohio State coach there recruiting. So, I mean, you're, what you say is right on, man. These guys are always recruiting. Um, so, I was fortunate enough to referee the game. It was a great game, 42-35, Venice wins, great game. Venice goes to the state championship coming up in a week or so, but y- your your point is well taken. These guys don't ever really take much time off these coaches. They're freaking a guy from uh, the Ohio State coach was right there on the sidelines in Venice, Florida, Friday night.
0: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. You know, I used to as a head coach. I used to give him a week off after signing date in February, uh, because you don't have time. You, you got to grind right through Christmas, and it's just the way it is. Now they've changed the calendar a little bit, so they do give you a little bit more time in
2: Christmas. But uh, you know, yeah, it's it's on. It is on for sure. We'll enjoy the Bucks win. Let's get the Bucks to the finish line Monday night with Old Tom. let so we want we want you to get some playoff tickets, man. We got to win the game to get to wrap up the South here. That's right. All right. Have a great week. We'll talk in a couple of weeks, Coach. All right. We'll see you. Florida Football Insiders podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's. Beefo Brady's at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa, in the Carrollwood and Forest Hills area. For all of your football, baseball, basketball, hockey, viewing pleasures, step, check out Beef Brady's. Every day of the week they're open. Whether you're wanting to watch games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, your favorite hockey team, your favorite college basketball team, NBA team, check out Beef Brady's. If you're looking for any catering, needs corporate events things like that Beef brady's can help you as well they do all the things you need to be done in the restaurant and sports bar business so Beef brady's corner of bush boulevard and Himes avenue enjoy the podcast are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall first time home buyer you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation reach out to titan home lending for all of your home lending needs If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back, Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Everybody wants to know, who is Alex Golish, the new coach of the University of South Florida? Everybody didn't, nobody really knew who he was when he was hired. Kind of a surprise name that was announced on Saturday night. A lot of people thought Deion Sanders. A lot of people thought maybe um, a couple other names that were in the mix. But no, uh, Alex Golish, the offensive – co-offensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee – is hired to replace Jeff Scott, kind of a similar boat as Jeff Scott, comes in with a lot of offensive pedigree uh, coming from the Josh Heupel system, has been with Josh for a couple years now, one year at UCF, then two years at Tennessee, and no better person to talk about all things Alex Golesh, who's covered him for two years in Knoxville. He's a University of South Florida graduate, so I know he has some vested interest in this hire as well. Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal, in Knoxville. He's covered them for 2 years. Talk to him, I'm sure a bunch. We're going to talk to to um Vince about all the things about Alex Golish getting the job here at USF. So, welcome back Vince. Man, great to be with you Jason. as always. Yeah, all right. Let's let's get right to it. Uh co-offensive coordinator. I know I know you've told me and you've been on this podcast several times talking about the access that Heupel's allowed the coordinators to talk to the media over the years just talk about his media presence talking to you guys in the media how has alex done handling the media and just interactions you you guys have had for the last couple of years
1: yeah you're absolutely right we've had a chance to talk to him even during the season they would make an assi- a rotating assistance two of them available on game weeks and he was in a hetman dc tim banks in a regular rotation so i'd say We've talked to him, gosh, since he's been here, you know, 15, 20 different times, which is, which is cool. Um, He is, he's a different personality. He's very thoughtful in his answers. Uh, He is um, very energetic. Uh, He's one that I think thinks through everything, but he'll give you some honest answers also. Like if a guy it's like, look, you know, just needs to mature some, you know, for example, things like that. Or we think our standard here at Tennessee is we expect to be the number one offense in the country. And he said that uh, earlier before the season ever started uh, or maybe very early in September. And that's what ended up happening for a good part of the year. They had the number one offense. So uh, he'll give you some stuff. He's not just all coach speak. He's a you know young younger guy at thirty eight. Yep. Uh, so there's not the long list of NFL guys he's coached. I think going into this upcoming draft, I think it's five guys, okay. including Velus Jones, who's who's a rookie in the NFL. Some of those guys, but uh, I think he's impressive to me. He comes with a little bit more uh, overall juice than what Jeff Scott did. Yeah. I still expected more from Jeff Scott at USF, honestly. I think a lot of people did. But I think Alex Gullish, uh, with how great the offenses have been that he's been a part of, I, I think he's an excellent hire. He knows what has worked under Josh Heupel uh, at his two stops. And the big thing for USF is he's a relentless competitor and recruiter. I think USF needs both of those things.
2: What position, what's his position specialty as far as before, you know, what what has what he coached or go, kind of grown up in the business coaching?
1: Uh, tight ends is what he has done. That's his yeah. baby. Now they have not had an elite athlete. They haven't had any Brock Bowers or right. Washington or any of those kind of uh, talents there, but they've improved their tight ends that they've had there under him. It's been Jacob Warren and Princeton fan guys that he inherited. And other than that, they've had a couple of freshmen either depart or just now hit the transfer portal. They they haven't had that elite athlete. Now they do in this upcoming signing class, But they haven't had it uh, yet. So we really haven't seen him utilize the position that he coaches to the maximum of what they'd like to. They'd like to have stud tight ends to where they can use both guys at the same time and not be a personnel uh, specific and based on who they have and um, and just really have multiple threats uh, on the field at the same time. So uh, expect that to be addressed in recruiting Uh, when we see them on the practice field, which is before the season and in the spring He's so detail-oriented in the way he coaches guys. Uh, he will compliment them, but he will get after them as well. When, we, uh, when we're when we in the press box and there's some angst, let's say, coming from the press box to the coach's box, a lot of times it's Alex Golish. So he that's another thing is he he's been in the press boxes. Yeah. It will be a different deal for him to be on the sideline. Uh, so he's a really high-energy, super-detailed guy that has focus on the tight ends, but he's been involved in the game planning and and uh, play calling as well, even though Heupel has handled the day-to-day stuff. That
2: was going to be my next question. Is You, you yeah. hear a lot of these coaches, whether it's NFL, college, Heupel, Sarkeesian, guys like Andy Reid in the NFL, they've got a coordinator that's got a title – is was Alex Golish calling plays that's you know obviously you got the title as OC but was he given the opportunity to call plays periodically throughout the year what was kind of that relationship of who called the plays with this high prolific offense
1: well he was involved but I mean clearly you can see hypo yeah calling in the plays and you know covering up and things like that so I think Alex Golish was involved. I think, uh, I think there's times where Alex Golish would say, hey, let, we need to do this. Let's do this. Right. And, and maybe Josh was the one to execute it. I think it was a shared deal in the game planning also. Okay. And frankly, quarterbacks coach Joey Halsley was probably the lead candidate to be the new OC to take sure. his place. They, they were all involved in all those things and would contribute input but and it's 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 weird it was never really truly answered by anyone but in the (laughs) preseason, his bio josh hype uh, excuse me not josh apple alex golish's bio changed and somebody found it to where it said he's a play caller and everybody's like wait how is that how is he the (laughs) play caller but it i think it was a strategic move to help him in terms of Getting a job, a future head coaching job, right? Um, and so there, there's some technicality to where, yeah, sure. he was involved in calling plays, but I don't think that was a down in, down out thing. I, I do think it was hypo, his offense, and then kind of some shared duties to where you could technically say he did. Contribute in that
2: area. Do you expect him to to bring this exact same Tennessee offense? You know, fans, if you don't, if you didn't watch much Tennessee this year, a different offensive, formational thing that most people don't run. A lot of wide receivers, really wide splits with the wide receivers opening up the middle of that field for the runners and in, in the short passing game. Do you anticipate him bringing that same exact system of USF? I do, and there's a, a lot of aspects to it. You hit on some of the key
1: ones, Jason the the wide splits of the receivers, forcing teams to be have to cover sideline to sideline, which puts you in conflict in where you're going to go if you're in zone coverage. Right. It also forces teams to declare when they motion guys because you can't get out and and change and do a lot of switching um, uh, unless they do a bunch set. And they would take advantage. Bunch to the boundary and switch guys a lot right. – to where now you can get a linebacker on Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. And they did that a bunch during the season. So it, it's it's a very smart offense. Another thing that's a a part of it is, is clearly the tempo. Tennessee yeah. not only had the number one offense in the country, but they were one and two all the whole time Hypo's been here in plays uh, per, per minute. minute.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And and, and and the, the tempo, tempo of it is crazy. Um, another, another aspect of it is the power run game. game. They, they still run the football. They'll run, run the football sometimes, sometimes more than throw the football. football. It's right. not a run and shoot offense because they have this tempo. They still want to run the football, and I bet they will work to have to always have a quarterback that they can involve in the run game as well. And not just have a stationary pocket quarterback so um all of those things still be balanced on offense the, the tempo the four to declare the wide splits it really put a lot of teams into difficulties in coverage and um and then teams have to they can't substitute either right so it gives you a lot of advantages there'll be some transition there uh based on the personnel they have but Man, it really really works. works. And there There had not been been a ton of offenses offenses unless you have Georgia like like elite
2: corners, right? Or your Your team team isn't ready to play like South Carolina Carolina game.
1: Um, Um, It's hard hard to beat beat them them with all that they they do on
2: offense. Do you anticipate him bringing some Tennessee guys with him, you know, whether it's a strength guy or maybe some analysts who have been or some GA potential kind of guys, a couple of those kind of guys to fill in part of this staff? I do. I don't have insight on who those guys are, to be honest with you. But it's something that we've talked about. i
1: wondered on the air uh, in in you know elevating guys with their roles. You mentioned analysts and GAs, and uh, maybe a position coach, uh, Kelvin Pope, who's been sort of a young rock star. He was elevated in his first year as a wide receivers coach after Cody Burns went to the Saints as wide wide receivers receivers coach. coach. So, you know, maybe Maybe there's there's a recruiting title to try to 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 lure a a guy like him there's money. money. Another aspect of it is is what does Tennessee do in response in trying to keep those guys?
0: Right. Uh, They have felt
1: as Tennessee already had those discussions with Heifel, that, look, we we will increase that assistant pool to try to keep some guys. I bet he tries at least with some guys because – there was so much familiarity, almost the entire offensive side of the ball was guys that came with them from UCF, other than that wide receiver position. So um, I, I bet he wants some comfortable pieces and then build around based on who's available. So he'll try whether he's able to do it, uh, not sure. But I I, I, I would think at least a couple of those
2: Guys within, within the, the organization, that if are not position not coaches, will go with it. And obviously, the last part of this is is kind of the lifeblood of any good program is recruiting. What yeah. what kind of reputation does he have as a recruiter? Both from at the high school of I know you call high school games yeah. the yeah. big prominent games in that Knoxville area. Was he a guy that you would see at a game every once in a while? That kind of stuff, and more. And just as important. The ability to recruit guys from other places through the portal. You know, there's going to be guys maybe at Tennessee that maybe want some more playing time, whatever their situation is, or around the Southeastern Conference. Do you think he'll do a good job being able to foster those relationships with the high school coaches and other guys that are in the potentially in the portal? Yeah, yeah I, I do. do. In the first part, part of
1: it, he's is an, an excellent, excellent recruiter. recruiter. Um, you, know, you know, there's there's, there's different, different different recruiting, recruiting sites of different rankings, rankings so. so. He's, he's not, not always at, at the very top, top of those rankings. He's the one guy that kind of ends up getting a lot of the credit. But as a coordinator, he's involved in a lot of different guys. guys. So um, I, I think he'll be an, an excellent closer. I think he'll do well in that area, uh, as he probably won't be able to do a lot of the day-to-day as much as he'll be running a program. But he, his relationship will, will help him. And, and that's the second part of it is that he's already has a ton of relationships in the state of Florida. when he was at ucf and he has recruited that state before so i think that will give him a jump to be able to to continue to transition and i'm sure he's had some of those responsibilities even at tennessee to recruit that area already so i i don't think it'll be as big a transition but um, he is relentless in the in in the terms of Josh Heupel, a relentless recruiter, and he's been involved in a lot of guys. And uh, I think maybe the biggest we have because he hasn't been all around that long. The biggest payoff was probably in this current class of guys that they have right now that he's not going to get a chance to coach. So it is kind of a weird situation. From from that that standpoint, standpoint, where they they got the the tight ends, they got the the quarterback. quarterback. Um, So So, yeah, yeah, but I I think one of the best things about Goalish has been the player development. development. Mentioned the tight ends, the offensive line made a drastic improvement. The wide receivers, he's involved in, in all those things, and so that will buy him some time to be able to continue to improve. And and, and and add, add to his, his relationships, relationships in Florida and recruiting with the high school players. players. And then, yes, the transfer portal too. super aggressive from, from that standpoint. standpoint. And, and they've,
2: they've hit, hit on some and they've missed on some, missed on um,
1: some. Cool. Uh, but that's kind of the, the world for everybody in, uh, in the transfer portal right now, which as you know, setting, setting records, records and the numbers that are out there.
2: Yeah. And like I said, to me, one of the big jobs down here is USF offensively was okay. It's their defense has really struggled, We wonder, Coach Scott, the last several years, whether that's a recruiting, an element of recruiting, lack of recruiting, scheme, coaching. He's bringing in Todd Orlando to be the defensive coordinator when Orlando's got some experience at some other places. But that's to me where he's really got to he it's great if you score a bunch of points as you saw at Tennessee but in crunch time when it's time to win you got to stop some people I know you know obviously Tennessee had the issue there at the South Carolina game at the end and I know he's not a defensive coordinator guy but still you're now the head coach of the program you got to spend some time on the defense as well yes and And then then a lot of that that is a higher higher, and and then then it's it's a style of play play, and that's, that's
1: you know, you know, when, when people, people were criticizing, criticizing the Tennessee, Tennessee team at the time last year under Hyde, Hyde and, then and then when they, they lost to South Carolina, and then people come out of the woodwork to say, see, see, when <laughs> they were <laughs> nowhere to be found before right. that. Right. But, but one of the, of the things that people kind of wonder about long-term is that, is that that offense goes so fast and gets, gets off the field, field so quickly. All, all their scoring, scoring drives, minute 42, 218, a lot of that, you end, you end up, up putting your, your defense back, back out out on the field. Now you now score touchdowns, then you have some room margin there to work with there. And then you, at you, the, the end, end of the game, you to slow it down to, to get, get to the, the finish line. line. You, you go three and out,
0: yes. and you, you
1: do that, then, then that's where it's a problem.
2: Tennessee in the first year had issues on third down, so they
1: put their defense, defense right back out on the field. field. Tennessee, Tennessee had improvements in the run, run defense this year. But, but also the Tennessee, Tennessee offensive, was better on third down, down. So, so they they, were, they able were able to move the chains and at least buy their defense a little bit more time. Than they weren't as bad. Yeah. Short of the South Carolina game, of course. course, but other times Tennessee's defense was was pretty good. It was is it just hit or miss in some ball games, but that would be something to watch. Is that pace putting the defense back out? If you can't keep the chains moving that, then that, that can, can kind of, kind of snowball, snowball you on that side of the
2: ball. And obviously this is a minor thing, but it's still a factor, especially here in Tampa, the heat, can, the conditions of the weather. When it's so hot down here, obviously when those guys are on the field and you don't have as much depth as you need, you get exposed in a hurry on defense when you don't have those guys at depth. And, and, and there'll,
1: there'll be, be some transition, transition not, not only, only obviously on the, the defense, defense, but on the offense, offense too, with, with the, the offensive, offensive line. And it took those big boys on the offensive line, the offensive line, some, time. The offensive line some time. They kind of admitted. it. They admitted last year that there was times where the, the offensive line coach was like, hey, guys, take, take a deep shot. We our, our guys are running out of the gas. And they, they were better this year. That's so why the offensive line improved a lot. But man, man there's, there's going to be a transition. If those guys aren't used to going at that work speed, man, then you're not going to have as, as much success in put that defense back on the field. field. So, so it's it's, it's going to be an, an adjustment, adjustment for everybody to go to that tempo. tempo. But look. Tennessee, Tennessee won seven, seven six with everything they had you know, for the last year. I bet with some athletes with the portal, you may be able to at least get some guys to transition and and maybe at least keep it together, build some progress, and then you start bringing in more of the dudes in here too.
2: I agree. So, so in in your opinion, you think Alex is ready for this role to be the head man at a, at a program like USF? It's not Tennessee, obviously, right. with the, with the demands and the expectations. But you can't you, you you can't roll two more years where you win two or three games. You got to show some progress pretty quick, and there is some opportunity to do that with the transfer portal. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I do. do. I I've, I've said, said this. this. I've, I've kind of couched it a little, it little bit by, by he can, can have success, success there, and, and I believe in him. him. But, but the, the school's, school's gotta got help them. They gotta help them with facilities. They, they gotta help, help them with, them with commitment. commitment. They, they gotta got give them the resources to be able to travel to outside of the Hillsborough, County Hillsborough County. And we all know there's a ton of players there and they right. and they're insane. But, but man, if you, you gotta, gotta if you gotta travel to go get a, get a guy, guy, then gotta gotta guy, then you, you gotta let them do it. And so the resources there, goal is should have gotten some sort. Of assurances right. that they're going right. to invest. If they don't up that element, it's and and, and here's another thing, thing. And I you, you right, can't, you right, can't you can't just, just not participate or just dabble in it when everybody else is a transport, like it is, and everybody else to, to, to get, get the, the best deal. deal. You, you, you have, to have to have a collective uh relationship, relationship set up to help you from that standpoint because everybody else is doing it. So if he, if he has, has the, resources, the resources, I do, do think he will, he will make the, the right hire. He'll, he'll understand the relationships. Uh, Josh Heiple, the culture, is a big part uh, of them turning turn so quickly because they, they were real to their, their guys. guys. They, you didn't you get a, a different message like Rich Jones, Jones Jeremy Pruitt. They showed show they, they cared about those guys. So I think uh, he'll, he'll know a lot of those things to give them a base. And I do, do think he'll be successful. usf got to help them, too.
2: All right, Vince, great work, man. really appreciate the time. So some great analysis on Coach Alex Golish. Uh, tell everybody right where they can find all your great work online. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate it. it. And If you, if you want, want to see any Alex Golish, Golish interviews and see what he's like as a coach
1: in those press conferences, conferences really, really impressive stuff, stuff from, from him, him. You can, you can go, go to my, my YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. It's, it's at it's Vince Sports. And Vince give me it. a follow there, subscribe there, and, there, and you, you scroll through and find Alex Golish a bunch there. Uh, Our website, which you can see on the video, video. it's 991 com. Video, podcast, a bunch (laughs) of that. My blog, the predictions. Mm -hmm. And then uh, also Mm -hmm. on Twitter, Mm -hmm. at Sports You Mm -hmm. can follow Mm -hmm. there as well. well. We we will be in Miami. Miami. I'll, I'll be in Tampa, Tampa, and I'll see you and our nice. fantasy be in be Tampa, Tampa before, before and after we go to the New bowl, bowl to see Tennessee, Tennessee and Clemson. i so, so excited about that. I love my I'm knees praying, praying for the whole <laughs> game for Tennessee, <laughs> so, so we'll get, get to be in Florida for a few weeks. We look forward to,
2: forward to That a boy. We like to hear that. We like to hear that. Awesome, yeah. awesome work, Vince. You're, you're the man. Again, he's, he, he's covered Alex goals for two years, knows this guy inside and out, so he's giving you some great knowledge about what to expect as the new head coach of the South Florida Bulls. And and Vince is a graduate, too, so I know he's super excited about the new hire as well. So, Vince, keep up the great work, man. appreciate it, and go Falls. Is is, is that a New Year's Day? That's New Year's Day? Uh, December 30th, because of the playoff games, they they moved it up. So, December 30th, 8 p.m., it'll it'll be be the only game game in town. town. So, a lot lot of of attention on that. that. So, we'll we'll be be down down there.
1: there. Let Let me know if you need anything from there,
2: and go Bulls, baby. Don't, don't be getting caught on South Beach now. Don't be getting in the, in the blogs down there on South Beach. Yeah, no, nope, no, no promises, man. <laughs> I lost <laughs> weight, so, so you, you never know. know. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks. All, All right, right, you too. too. Thanks, Thanks, bud. Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Net- Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.